Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to part two of the special study that we're doing regarding um, answering the accusations and uh, regarding Ed Watson. We're going to be talking now uh, about this whole Virginia debacle. Oh, this is also uh, January 12th, 2009. And this is going to be... Now, here's... I just... You know, I know Ed's accused me of all kind of stuff in his teachings. That's fine. Go ahead, Ed. Take your best shot. Whatever. Okay? Uh, that's fine. That's your prerogative. I'm going to tell you what happened from my end. And you pray to God, and if necessary, you fast about it, and you see um, if this doesn't ring true, what we're going to be talking about. And remember, this isn't me talking. This is all the people it happened to that I have personally talked to on the phone. Um, many, many different people here. I have personally talked to seven of the people that were actually up there in Virginia. Okay, now, I'm going to be... I, I'm not giving out specific names. I've actually taken the specific names out of the emails that were sent me for the sake of their privacy. These people were literally fearing for their life. I know that when I first read the first opening remarks that uh, Pastor Adams made in his thing, you might have been saying, what are you talking about, Virginia compound, cult fleeing for their lives? Well, we're going to tell you what that is now, okay? And they're going to tell you, not me. I'm reading from the emails they've sent me. I have changed uh, or taken out their names for their privacy's sake. Uh, these people are still very traumatized over this event, and somebody has to go to bat for them. And I'm not saying Pastor Adams wouldn't do it or a lot of other people, but it's the position I've been put in, and I just need to try to do you know, what the Lord's telling me to do. So this is uh, from December... Uh, let's see. This is from December 19th, uh, 2009. And uh, this was... I mean, I'm sitting here, now let's just see what, what day that was. Okay, I wanted to kind of orient myself to, to this. Uh, December 19th, uh, 2009, this was sent to me at 4.46 p.m. Now, I didn't even get this email until that night, because I, I hadn't checked my emails until the evening. And it was Saturday night, it was a Saturday. And I'm just sitting here, and, and I hadn't, uh, you know, at this point, I had talked to Pastor Adams about Ed Watson. But... Not that I didn't believe him, but I wanted to pray and do some fasting about this regarding that if this was really true, that all this would really come out in a real obvious way. And this is what Pastor Adams had been praying for as well. Now, the thing you have to understand, I didn't initiate any of these contacts that were made to me. It was as though on Saturday, December 19th, all of a sudden I became bombarded with text messages, with emails, with um, phone calls, with all of these pleas to me that you're going to see. I didn't solicit this. I wasn't out or bent on trying to bring on Ed Watson's destruction. I hadn't even acted on anything that Sam Adams, Pastor Sam Adams, had told me. And I probably should have. I was reserving judgment. I didn't want to, to jump to conclusions and I thought, well, maybe he'll repent or these types of things. Well, here's what happened, okay? And this was the first email that I got. Um, Brother Scott and um, another family that he sent this to. And again, I'm going to leave out names here, okay? So I'm sorry if you have a problem with that and say, oh, you know, you're not, these are, you think I made all this up? No, I didn't make it up, okay? As God is my witness, I did not make this stuff up. But I did take the names out to protect their privacy. Brother Scott, I haven't emailed you in about a year or so. I am um, B's new husband. B's not her name. Okay, I am B's new husband. I believe you know her and counseled her prior to us coming up to Virginia. We need to ask you for prayer at this very moment. There is a very tremendous demonic attack going up here centered around Ed Watson. And then he names four people are here with their kids, their children, okay, their arrival has brought out a lot of sin to the surface regarding Ed Watson. And at this very moment, we are all being persecuted. There are too many details to list at the moment, but needless to say, me personally, I feel like I don't even have the strength to stand up. Everyone else is feeling physically ill as well. 
We have never experienced spiritual warfare in the manner in this manner before, and we are beseeching you and earnestly in prayer for us and for the Lord Jesus Christ to deliver us. I mean, this is what I got. I had no idea this was coming. Okay, Ed had asked me to move up there, and I'm going to talk about that. Okay, um, and I'm 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 looking at this and I'm thinking, whoa, what is going on here? Well, then he goes on to say, We are snowed in and we cannot leave. We feel a prisoner in our own house. The property owners appear to have deceived us and as of yet are of no help to us. Please pray for them as well. They are beloved saints. It wasn't like, did it sound like this man had an axe to grind? It doesn't sound like that to me. He's actually literally fearing for his own life and the, and the life of his family. Pray that these two people are no further deceived by Ed Watson, as they're being counseled at this very moment by him. Ed does a lot of counseling, as we've pointed out. <laughs> yeah. There's a Bible verse that has kept coming up in my mind over and over and over again when, since this whole thing happened. The Bible verse reads, and I'm paraphrasing, While they promise them liberty, they themselves are servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, the same he is brought into bondage. If you sit under the tutelage of a person like Ed Watson, particularly if you're physically there at his church, eventually one or two things are going to happen. If, if he's not of God is what I'm talking about. One or two things will happen. Number one, which is hopefully, God will show you this and you get out. But number two, if you sit under that, you will eventually become overcome. What's the next step? Then you will be brought into bondage. Well, when you're overcome and brought into bondage, you become blinded as well. And you don't see anymore. And this is a very dangerous situation to be in. This is why I always tell people, please don't follow me. Okay? Don't follow me. This isn't like the church of Scott Johnson or anything like that. I, no. Follow the word of God. The Lord Jesus Christ. The King James Bible. Don't follow me. Uh, you know, hopefully I'm giving you truth on a week-to-week -week basis. But I'm, I'm a man, and I can fail you. I'm only human, okay? And um, I'm not here to build a following. I'm just here to try to run the race uh, and to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, and help as many people as I can possibly help and be a servant to as many people as I can possibly serve up to a certain point because a lot of times I get emails from people and it's like, you know, all these questions, like, I can't do this. I've got all these other people emailing me at the same time. Another thing Ed brought up is, is that I'm bad because I don't give up my phone number. Now, I'm so buried with the ministry because of the way the Lord has blessed this. There is no way that I could possibly give out my phone number and field phone calls. Remember, I'm one guy doing what I'm doing. Now, I have uh, my good... Christian friend Stephen, he's got the he's got the YouTube videos he's posting. I also have a lot of other people posting audio clips on on YouTube. Um, uh, Tim, who's got the Contending for True site, he's built that, and we're working on that even more. And I've got a lot of other people helping, particularly with the forum, um, with Tracy and, and all those good people up there at the forum that are that are um, doing that. And there's probably a lot of other people that I'm not even mentioning that, that, that I don't even know we're doing things. Um, but this is why the Bible talks about the body of Christ. And, you know, can the finger say to the eye, depart of me, I have no need of you. No, because we all have different functions and, and things and, and, and to do. And, and, you know, you just need to be with, faithful with what God's called you to do. Not everybody's called to do exactly what I'm doing. That would mean, if they were, we would all be like, let's say, for argument's sake, a finger. Okay? Well, you had just one body full of fingers, it'd be kind of, you know, creepy. And it would be, wouldn't get a whole lot done. You have to have all the parts together. So, anyway, I just wanted to, to kind of bring that up there. Um, let's go further here. Um, uh, so, they're, they're snowed in, they can't leave, they're a prisoner in their own house. Um, we will send another email with more details, but wanted to send this out so we can have, start getting the saints to pray that this wickedness will be revealed. Love, um, I just I put it as B and C, just capital letters, okay, to protect their their uh, identity. Okay, so the next email I get. Um, let's see.
Okay, so then this is the next, this is my response to him. Uh, I am praying for you in this situation. Now, I didn't respond to him until 9.35 because I didn't get the email. I hadn't checked my emails up until that point. So, it says, I am praying for you in this situation. See the attachment for spiritual help. I, I sent him a, an attachment on, on certain things that you can do when you're dealing particularly with demonic you know, evil entities. Um, and then I, I said, uh, Blank called me and I in turn called the property owner to let him know that Heather was never the reason I did not come to Virginia. Okay, now I, I'm using a specific name here because what was being told to me at the time was that one of my listeners who had actually went up there was actually being blamed for the reason that I wasn't moving up there, which seemed to be a big point of contention or something. So I found this out from several different people that were talking to me, and they're saying, well, um, Ed Watson's telling everybody that the reason I didn't move up there, me, Scott, was because of Heather, my listener. And so what I did... I'm telling you this, the, the audience, what I did is I called the property owner, who was also a long-time listener, but who was um, the very, very, very much uh, following Ed. Okay, So I called him up, and um, I just wanted to let him know that Heather had nothing to do with me not moving up there. I didn't want that to be used in that way. Because I knew all it was going to do is bring grief to her, and it wasn't even true. I hadn't even talked to Heather in weeks and weeks and weeks. She had nothing to do with anything. What I told him was that I, and what I told him and what I told everyone else, which is the truth, is that I prayed and fasted about it, and I could not get a piece about moving up to Virginia. And obviously, I know why now. Well, Ed tried to turn that around and say that, that I, when I called up there that um, I tried to spread lies to the property owner and this and that. No, I told him exactly the truth. And then he asked me, well, do I want to talk to Ed? And I said, no. Number one, I do have a study that I've got to get done because it was Saturday night and I needed to get my study done. And this was occupying all my time. And this has occupied so much of my time since this all happened. Um, and that's why I'm really relieved to get this finally done here. I don't know what kind of retribution and reprisals will come as a result of this, uh, but I know one thing, the world will keep spinning regardless of whatever transpires on, on Ed's end. Um, so, anyway, I had no desire to talk to Ed. I had already seen more than I needed to see, and we're going to look at some other emails, to know that I could not trust him. Um, and I had already gotten his side of the story regarding different various things in times past, regarding Dr. Dixon, regarding, and I had already determined that there was a lot of, ton of lies mingled in there, and, and a lot of that was addressed in the first part with Sam Adams. I didn't trust him, in other words. I had all these desperate people emailing me, calling me, and texting me, and to be honest, Ed was the last one I was going to trust or would have any desire at all to talk to. I didn't want to get, you know, under his spell at all. Okay, I've dealt with too many people like him and knew that there was an absolutely pointless conversation to even remotely attempt to engage in. And hopefully, by the time we're done with this, if you're not convinced of that, you will be by the end that we're done this because you're not going to believe the stuff that we're going to get into here. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, at that point, uh, when I told him this, that I couldn't get in a, into a long, drawn-out conversation, I had a study I had to get done, the man, uh, the property owner, became very agitated, and we said our goodbyes. It is very apparent that Ed is a very dangerous man. The fact that he would bring his nine-month pregnant wife to an area that is snowed in, and yes, they were snowed in, and as yes, his wife was nine months pregnant, she's given birth, I've, I've been told, uh, his nine-month pregnant wife to an area that is snowed in is unbelievable. And this is me talking. They say he has a spirit of chaos that seems to work through him. The fact he wields such control over the property owner that he would ask you to leave when you were snowed in because the property owner at one point was asking them to leave. Now, it's the middle, and now it's at night. They're snowed in. There's children involved, and they're being asked to leave. Okay? It's It's unbelievable. Uh, so the fact that he would ask the people that are snowed in to leave is also unbelievable. My advice to you is to get away from Ed in this situation as soon as possible. 
I speak from experience of dealing with people like him. Okay, so here's the next email. Um, and they say, okay, this is from 10.09 p.m., same person that I just talked to. Thank you so much for your prayer. All of us up here have little experience with this kind of spiritual attack. You're definitely right calling it a spirit of chaos. See, the people kind of tend to sometimes, when you start talking about spirits and stuff, they're like, oh, now you're getting off in the left field. Well, the Bible says we battle not against flesh and blood, but against princes and principalities and rulers of wickedness and high places and powers. That the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through the pulling down of strongholds. It is a spiritual battle. And this was unlike anything I believe any of them had ever experienced. Um, he goes on to say, whenever Ed Watson is around, we can't remember things. Or we get flustered. This really rung true to me, because I've been around certain people in my life, and that was really the case. They get around you, and it's like they start accusing you of stuff, and your memory goes out the window. It's almost like you start questioning, is what they said about me really true, even though it never ever occurred? But it's like you, you, you can't think straight. Spirits of chaos. Spirits that affect your mind. See, unfortunately, they were all on, uh, they were like on his battleground. They were in this plot in Virginia where the property owner was aligned with the will of Ed Watson. Therefore, they were at a disadvantage because of that, from a spiritual standpoint, okay, that's as, I know I'm simplifying it, but that's kind of a cliff note version of what was going on there. So whenever we're around Ed Watson, we can't remember anything. We get flustered. It is turning into a cult up here. Remember, this isn't me talking. This is them. I'm giving them a voice. Absolutely no doubt about it. We thank you for your counsel. Ed Watson was telling me and my wife that we aren't married any longer if we don't have him as a pastor. <laughs> that we are here because of him and that we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. So talk about extra biblical doctrine here. You're not married to them if he's not your pastor? Okay. Then he goes on to say he kept going on with that line. I said to him after he was done, you seem a little prideful, Ed. And he quoted, you seem a little prideful after Ed was going on and on about this, you know, you won't be married. Then what happened is he blew up in my face. He was also trying to use any kind of sins that I or Heather have ever committed as a weapon against us. Remember what we said about taking you into confidence, doing the counseling thing, which he had done with everybody up there. Everybody got their big, long counseling sessions with Ed. You know what it reminds me? It reminds me of the Catholic confessional, where you go, which is totally unbiblical. You're not supposed to confess your, your sins to some black-robed devil behind some thing. So that they, it, there's, it's totally unbiblical. And I already got into the Bible verses that prove that. Um, reminds me of that. Except, I think with Eddie, he really takes notes more than any Catholic priest ever would. But that's one of the reasons the Catholic religion instituted the confessional, is to keep notes. And it's like an uh, extortion thing that can be used at any time. Now, I'm not saying that's done on a frequent basis in today's day and age but I believe it will be coming back to that regarding the Catholic Church. And I know one thing during the Inquisition in those times where things were more overt and the Catholic Church could clearly show their fangs, sure, it was standard procedure to do that. This is why, confess your faults one toward another, you know, if the Lord leads. But to get into the gory sins is, is um, you, you got to be, uh, I, I, I don't see Bible for it. And obviously that can be abused very easy and we're seeing evidence of that right now. So, Ed was telling me and my wife we weren't married any longer. Uh, then um, He kept on going in that line. I said, you seem a little prideful, Ed. He blew up in my face. He was trying to use any kind of sins that Heather and I committed as a weapon. Brother Scott, if you could have witnessed it, it was shocking. He is taking a popish authority. It's as if the devil inside him is rearing its true identity. Love, B and C. Who I'm just, I gave him those two letters as their names. I'm not saying this. This is what I got sent to me. I didn't ask for any of this. I never even prayed. I prayed to God if this was true about Ed, this would come out, but I never asked to be, you know, in the middle of this. I was thrust into the middle of this. I had no choice. Well, I mean, what was I supposed to do? Just be silent? Oh, we mustn't accuse Brother Ed of anything. When I had all of this testimony coming in about this man, and I had all the other things that I had come to know from Pastor Adams and his family, I mean, God gives us confirmation. 
on certain things like this. He's not the author of confusion, and you know, at this point, I wasn't confused anymore whatsoever on the issue. And you'll, when you get to the end of this, I don't think you will be either. Let's go further. Um, then I got another email from somebody that was actually up there, and I signed him the letter A. says, hey, keep us in your prayers. I am, I am up here with them all. In other words, with all the people up there. I am in the midst of it. Any updates? He's asking me for updates, and he's the one that's up there. <laughs> but, you know, I guess he probably knew that maybe I was, con- I was able, able to contact people. Because, see, they, had, they didn't have phones that would work up there. Their cell, they didn't have cell phone service. So they were really in a fix. And then another um, uh, email that I, well, I replied to him, I said, Unfortunately, I found out that I am being implicated in the turmoil going on up in Virginia. See, first it was Heather that was being blamed. Okay. Now, once I went, I tried to go out of my way to clear her name, then I became the source of all evil because somebody had to be blamed. So, that's fine. Good. I would rather him blame me and all the people up there and all his followers blame everything on me. Hopefully, what that'll mean for the other people that have been attacked is they won't attack them either at all or as vehemently as they have been. Maybe they can focus it on me. I've got big shoulders. This is what I do in a ministry. I get attacked all the time by people. But the Lord's given me enough, um, given me, I guess, the constitution to be able to bear up under that. Everybody's not built for this type of stuff. doesn't mean I'm bragging or think I'm so wonderful or whatever. I wasn't built for it initially. But over time, you can, you can, uh, the Lord strengthens you, and literally, you got that full armor of God on. And I literally believe you need to have that in order to deal, you know, Ephesians 6, full armor of God, in order to deal with this stuff. Okay, so... This is my response again to that one. Unfortunately, I found out that I'm being implicated in the turmoil going on in Virginia. From what I've heard, Ed has said, at least initially, the reason I did not come up there is because of Heather, who I have never even met personally and have only had three conversations with, and that was weeks ago. Heather never had anything to do with this decision. As I told Ed and everyone else that asked, the reason I did not come up to Virginia is because I prayed and fasted about it. I could not get any peace, and now I know why. Ed also emailed me and said to me, quote, I was told today that you said that I am the reason you're not coming up here and that you said I am a liar and a deceiver. Just so you know, I had never said this to anyone. I didn't say that to anyone, what he accused me of. Now he's accusing me of stuff. Now, when it's all coming out now, I would, I would have to um, align, obviously, that this statement that Ed made is true, but I didn't say it to any of them and I hadn't even had any contact with anybody regarding this Virginia thing. Remember, it had been weeks since I'd talked to anybody. This all happened at once like an avalanche. And I was thrust in the middle of it. And there was no way I was going to turn my back on them. So, going further. Ed has continually attacked Pastor Adams. But I've known Pastor Adams for a lot longer than I've known Ed. And Ed's accusations seem very out of character um, regarding his character assassination of Pastor Adams. It is only now that I am breaking my silence on this issue. In other words, I hadn't run off half-cocked and went around screaming about Ed Watson from the moment I had talked to Pastor Adams. Prayed, fasted about it, gave it some time. Pastor Adams had been doing it for many months as well. Uh, it is um, Now it seems apparent why I could not get any peace about moving up there. I've prayed for the truth to come out about Ed, either good or bad, since I talked to Pastor Adams. And it seems that the more information I get is only confirming the worst to me. I have been in contact with two people tonight, unrelated to Sam Adams, that are involved in this Virginia issue. And both are confirming the worst regarding Ed. Now, at that time, I had talked to two. Right now, as far as a running total of people that I've talked to that were actually either directly or, no, that were directly involved in the Virginia thing, it's at least seven. At least seven people. And they're all saying the exact same thing, which is what we're going to confirm to you. Um, let's see here. I've been in contact. Okay. Uh, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, the thing is established. And it is very apparent that you're in great danger yoking yourself up with this man. I have kept my mouth shut for quite some time now regarding this issue, but at this point I can no longer stay silent. I feel compelled to warn you and others about this. I will pray for you. God bless you, Scott. Okay, now, here we come. Then I get this. This is an instant message log that was sent to me by two different people regarding two um, of the people that were up there. One was there and one was 
at a um, a location that w was in uh, North Carolina, I believe. This was in Virginia. And they were going back and forth. This is the only way they could communicate. It's by instant messaging. And I'm going to read you this. I, I went through it and I, I tried to take out parts that were not relevant to this. I mean, every bit of it could be relevant, re relevant but for the sake of brevity, I'm trying to make it a little bit smaller. And I'm going to be going back and forth. And I'll just say the J will be the lady in um, North Carolina and the G will be the lady, one of the ladies that was actually up in Virginia. Uh, it starts out, J, the lady in, let's just say North Carolina. Just read your email. Um, G responds, we are okay at this point. J responds, is there a phone there? Um, she responds, there is a phone at the other house, but they're all full of the devil. Now, that's what she said, okay? I'm not saying this. Uh, she goes on to say, this has been some experience. And the other lady says, sounds like it was. Then she goes on to say, we only have cell phones with no reception. Now, remember, they were snowed in, in Virginia, on some property where they were totally unwelcome all of a sudden. Now, I will say this. From what I was told by everybody that was up there, some people were up there a lot longer than others, they hadn't had any problem with the property owner up until when Ed showed up. And within a three to four day period, such chaos and such evil had crept into everything that they were all literally fearing for their lives and just finding any way they could to get off the property. But up until the time Ed showed up, there was no problems. Kind of really weird, you know, thing. I mean, you know, <laughs> what kind of spirits are operating through a person that can bring that kind of chaos into a situation? And again, I'm going to read you this and... and it's pretty amazing what we're going to be talking about here. Um, we only have cell phones with no reception. And then the lady, North Carolina. We can't get through. There's been no reception. We've been worried about you. And don't know if you stayed there or went home. Uh, lady in Virginia at the compound. God is with us, and I know we're going to be fine. We stayed, and it's a good thing we did. S and D would be here alone. These are two people I took away their, their um, names for privacy's sake. And so S and D would have been alone if we were not here, in other words. And so would the other family, too. God had us here for each other. See, they really found out they really needed each other in this situation. Uh, the lady in North Carolina, where's the pastor in all this? Uh, the lady there, G, um, in Virginia, he's the problem. In other words, the pastor's the problem. He has become... Is he is becoming cultish. He is controlling, manipulative. The other lady, what's he trying to do? Response, he's arrogant. He surrounds himself with people to control and use. Lady in North Carolina, you said that something, you said something about a truck was coming to get you and take you where? Uh, lady in Virginia, yes, they're on their way here. They live one and one half hours from here. We can go to their house or maybe we can get a motel room. We just need to leave. Capital L-E-A-V-E. -E. Uh, and then the lady in North Carolina says, what, all of you? And she says, yes, there are ten of us. Okay, so there's ten of us. These people are really, really getting desperate. Um, so the lady in North Carolina says, so the crowd is growing. The, in other words, the crowd wanting to leave is growing. She says, then she says, I guess you're just adding the other couple that you mentioned. She says, yes. The roads are okay, just the driveway needs to be cleared. They were thinking of leaving. The Lord convinced them they have to get out of here. This is the other couple, I guess, that finally joined them. So the lady in North Carolina says, so where are they all going from there? Uh, response, there is a small town not far, maybe a few miles from, with a motel. Or if conditions are okay, we may go to the family's house one and one half hours away. Uh, we have power, electric, heat, a propane tank if the power goes out for heat. Now, they were in the middle of a major snowstorm that you know, in Virginia, that particular weekend. So, lady in Virginia responds, so the idea is to get away from this pastor and his influence. Okay? And she says, yes, it's a spiritual battle, very intense. And then she says, between who? Um, and then they say, now this is a little disjointed, because, man, this is instant messaging. And she says, we've got to leave your ASAP. This is the lady that's there in Virginia. There is a property owner and his wife and the pastor and his family against the ten of us. So that's how they felt. They felt like there's a property owner, his wife, and the pastor 
and his family against the ten of us. I mean, this is this is three or four days after after Ed shows up on the scene. I can't even imagine this kind of strife. But this is what this is. I'm reading this verbatim, and I will post this on the on the PDF. Uh, let's go further. Um, so the lady, then she says, the lady in uh, Virginia, yes, it's, at first the pastor seemed to be okay, but then there was warning signs. He has turned into the most demonic person ever. Response from North Carolina, so who are the people that are coming to get you? Response, Christian friends of the people we are staying with, they have a four-wheel drive truck and can get us to our car up the driveway a ways and can make a path for our vehicles to get out on the main road. Uh, lady in North Carolina, what's... S's frame of mind. This is another person. Very good. So is D's, and God is amazing. So these are just different people. I, I removed their name for privacy's sake. Um, and then the lady responds, that's amazing. Lady in North Carolina, or, or Virginia then says, it's encouraging in the midst of all of this. Lady in North Carolina, is the pastor trying to encourage the marriage? Response, yes. Did he say anything to you about it? Um, lady in North Carolina, he told me that he had to do some counseling first. Remember, this is the big thing we see with Ed Watson over and over. Got to get them counsel. Got to get every gory detail about everything they've ever done, you know, prior, or as much as he can pull out of them. So he can use it against them at a later date. Or maybe that day. Just depends on, you know, what kind of mood he's in or, or if things are going his way or not. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so, okay, then uh, this is the marriage uh, that was being counseled. Uh, he told that he had to do the counseling first, and it's not a short-term thing. And then the lady in North Carolina responds, he told me that too. Then he got the idea of putting his son and uh, S together. I'm not giving her name. Then he said they were wrong for each other. And then the, one, uh, the lady in North Carolina says, wow. Then the lady in um, Virginia says, but but then he still tells the two that he's counseling for marriage the opposite. So he's telling one person one thing and one person another. I don't know how he could possibly keep all these lies intact, but it was he was quickly found out, though, by the people that were up there. Because they started comparing notes from these counseling sessions and realized that there was a lot of contradictions here. Uh, he told me that. He, he, then, um, then he talked about putting his son and S together, and then he said they were wrong for each other. But then he still tells S and D the opposite thing. And then the lady in North Carolina says, that sounds like a big-time manipulator. Uh, lady in Virginia. Yes. He even told me that he would counsel them and then tell... Uh, D, that he needed to go back and work and see his son and leave his fiance here. This family was recently told by a pastor in Florida that when he, this pastor, stayed at his home, he made advances toward his 20-year-old daughter. And again, this is Pastor Adams they're in reference to there. And you can, you're going to have to read the PDF to get the details on that. Um, now we think that he wants S for himself. They're saying they think that Pastor Ed, Ed Watson may want S for himself. Now, this is them talking. You know, you could say this is slander. This is what they were coming to the conclusion of. And I'm not coaxing this out of there. I didn't ask for any of this stuff, but this was put in my lap. And I got all this confirmation of this, and this is what they're saying. So, going further, um, uh, then they say, what, not his son? And then the response is, good grief. In other words, not, not this particular woman for his son, but actually for Ed, Ed Watson himself. The lady says, good grief. And then the lady in uh, caught, caught there at the Virginia compound says, his wife is here snowed in. There is a place, they're in a, their place is under construction, no running water or anything, and she is nine months pregnant. See, this is what Ed brought her up into. He did all kind of sneaky, underhanded stuff that weekend. He had brought this couple up there for counseling that said they wanted to come to the Virginia Virginia compound. Um, and unbeknownst to them, their parents were on the way, and he didn't tell any of 
he didn't tell the couple that came up there for counseling, the parents were on their way. Now, it, was, it turned out to be a very good thing. But the very fact that he was doing all this stuff behind people's backs. And I'm only telling you a little bit, okay? I could tell you a lot more, and I'm not going to. I'm just going to stick with what they sent me and they wrote me, okay? That I also received confirmation of on several different occasions from the seven different people I've talked to since this all happened. Okay, so let's go further. Uh, so she's so he brings his wife, Ed Watson brings his wife to this place that they've got. It's under construction, no running water. She's nine months pregnant and can literally give birth any minute into a place that's literally just about snowed in. And she's, I don't know how many hours away from her birthing center where she's supposed to be. Yeah, okay. Uh, then um, they say, then the one lady in North Carolina says, this gets worse and worse. The lady in Virginia, this guy is a wacko. Um, if she goes, and then the response, if she goes into labor, how will they get her to the hospital? And then response, they might not. The nearest hospital is a long way away and the road conditions are bad. Response, is there any midwives around? Response, they knew the storm was coming. She had another home they are living in. She could have gone to, but she, but she decided to stay. There's no midwives around. She is his third wife, too. They say when this guy gets here, the guy that's coming to get them, he can clear the driveway with his truck and help us dig out the snow from around the car so that we can go. I mean, these people were desperate to get out of there. Um... And then she goes on to say, they're here. The people that were coming to help dig them out and get them out of this compound. They're here, it says. Um, and then she says, this is the lady in um, North Carolina, bad news, the property owner plowed the snow right up behind our cars. And the response, purposely? And her response, we think that he did. We're considering calling the sheriff. So now they're considering calling the sheriff. Okay, this has escalated to this point, okay, after Ed's been there for three days, and all of this strife and chaos, and I'm not, and again, I'm not, this is like something made for TV. I think they even make uh, an analogy to that. And then they go on to say, um, we're, we're considering calling the sheriff, and then the lady in North Carolina says, I think I would. How long would it take for them to dig you out? How can you call the sheriff with no phone? Um, response. No, it's worse. He also parked the tractor in the way, and the guy who had to park his car and walk. So in other words, he plowed the snow up behind their cars for them to get out, and then he parked the tractor behind them. <laughs> it's almost like, now it's turning into like a horror movie, where, okay, you're not going anywhere, you know? Isn't that kind of what it's seeming like here? And I'm reading this, and I'm thinking, no, no way. I, I mean, I can't even believe what I'm reading. Uh, and again, I got this whole thing confirmed by several other people that were there. So this isn't something that they're making up. Uh, sounds like he intends to keep you there. Uh, can you hotwire the tractor? <laughs> then the response from the lady there in Virginia, we would probably call the sheriff. And they don't want them called. They meaning the property owner at Watson. Response, who doesn't want the sheriff called? Response, the property owner and the pastor. Um, and then she says, well, how can you call if you have no phone? Uh, then response from the lady in Virginia. The guy that came has a cell phone. Now, I just talked to this lady, Christian woman, last night for, I don't know, I talked to her and her daughter. They were both up there. I talked to them for oh, well over two hours, if not closer to three, in totality. And they're wonderful people. I've met them before. It, they were listeners of mine, and they unfortunately found out about... Uh, well, they first found out about Mike Slattery, and then ended up... This ended up thing ended up happening uh, where they ended up there with Ed Watson. Um, but I'm not going to go into that in, in any kind of detail. But they're absolutely wonderful people. Uh, very humble. Um, I can't say enough good about them. And... Um, Anyway, I just wanted to... She's one of the many I've talked to personally about this. So, and nobody's story's changed either. I mean, if, if you're lying about something... I mean, why, number one, would you have all these multiple eyewitnesses lying about something? And the thing is, is when you talk to them, their stories all coincide and they're all the same and they never change. So, you know, you have to, you have to, you have to ask yourself, who are you going to believe? Ed 
or are you going to believe all these other eyewitness accounts and all of this documentation that we're, we're going over? Okay, so then they go on to say, uh, can you hotwire the tractor? We'll probably call the sheriff. Um, let's see here. So who doesn't want the sheriff called in the response, the property owner and the pastor? How can you call if you have no cell phone? Well, the guy that came to get us and dig us out has a cell phone. This was a man from Virginia or from North Carolina. Um, then she asks the lady in North Carolina says, "But what can the sheriff do?" Response: Make him at least move the tractor. He's trying to keep us here with an exclamation point. Response: So how can so can you hotwire the tractor? Question mark. Response: I don't know. The guys went out to talk to them. Um, response from the lady in um, Virginia. Talk to who? The property owner? Um, response from the lady in Virginia. Yes, the so-called and the so-called pastor. In other words, the men had went out to talk to the property owner and the pastor to see, I believe, to see if they would uh, kindly move their tractor and maybe help them get dug out, <laughs> you know, instead of trying to keep them there against their own will. So, you know, it's not like they're asking for something, you know, out of line. So let's go further. It says then... Um, she says, good grief, that's false imprisonment. Response from the lady in Virginia, thank God he, H-E, capital H-E, he is in control. And then the lady responds in North Carolina, kidnapping, if you will. In other words, this is what, they're, this is what it's looking like here. And then the lady in Virginia, it says, they don't want, to be, they don't want this exposed. Well, guess what I'm doing right now? I'm exposing it. Am I doing the wrong thing? by putting out this teaching. I mean, don't you think this is kind of important? <laughs> don't you think this might help prevent others from getting hurt in the future, knowing this type of information? Um, yeah, they don't want this exposed. And then she says, the lady in North Carolina, do you have a camera with you? Response, we have emailed others, pastors and intercessors, telling them of the situation. Yes, we do have a camera with us. Then the response well, then take pictures. Film the whole thing. Sounds like something from a cheap movie. Response. We'll try. Our priority, though, is just to get everyone out safely. Um, Mike just said we might be able to get out around the tractor. Um, response. What? Why? Because they're not willing to move it? And then the response from the lady in Virginia at the compound. I don't know because they're having, quote, church. Uh, ask Jay... Um, for her to have the church praying. In other words, she's asking for prayer requests. Like they were calling me and texting me and saying, please pray for the situation. You know, we, we are fearing for our lives here. Um, and then the response. Uh, thought I'd try to intercept her. And then she goes on to say, well, call D and C too. These are other people that are asking for, for her to call to pray about this because they're right in the middle of this stuff right now. This was real time at the time. Um, then the response from the lady in Virginia says, they've got the truck coming up the driveway now. Response, is the tractor still in the way? Um, and then she goes on to say, the lady in Virginia says, save this in case it's needed. In other words, save this, this dialogue they're having that I'm reading to you now that will be up on the internet as well in case it's needed. Okay, I believe it was needed. Response from the lady in North Carolina. Where are the property owners and the pastor? Did the guy in the truck call the sheriff? Response from the lady in Virginia. Not yet. We're going to just grab and go. I think we ought to call the sheriff. Everyone is taking things to the truck. They were just wanting to get out of there with their life. That's what they told me. Um, going further. Can you save this as evidence if needed? And then the lady in North Carolina says, I can save it somehow. And then she goes, where are the pastor and the property owner?" And response from the lady in Virginia. At the pastor's house, I believe. Can you look up the number to the sheriff and call them? I don't know why they won't, but I'm afraid. They have lots of gun and ammo. These people, I talked to these people after this happened, and they literally thought they were going to wind up dead. Not only were they so devastated spiritually and so weak and under such spiritual attack, but they literally thought they were not going to get out of there with their lives. Okay, and again... That's not me talking. That's what they told me, and that's what they indicated to me on emails. 
And then the lady in North Carolina who was actually able to access the computer because she wasn't snowed in, and, or she might have been snowed in, but she wasn't, um, she had access to the internet and, and information. She says, I got the Floyd the Police Department. She gives her the number. And the lady in Virginia says, we need the sheriff. Response, I'll call the Roanoke sheriff. And um, the lady in Virginia, she says, can you call? I have no phone. Response, yes. Response from the lady in Virginia. She says, M just came in, M being an abbreviation for someone's name, said that he was just outside next to the pastor's car, and it started up on its own. No keys in it, nobody in it. I don't know if he's got one of those things where you can start it remotely. Who knows? Um, And then the lady in Virginia says at that point, this place is so evil, you can feel it. Um, Then she says, Dad, did you call? I guess she was, I don't know if she's talking to her husband there or what. And then she says, um, call now. It's an emergency. The pastor is freaking out. Now this is what... This woman that's caught there on this compound in Virginia is saying, she says, call now. She's begging this, the lady in Virginia because it's an emergency. The pastor is freaking out. And then she says, please call now, capital N-O-W. It is Floyd County, Virginia. And then she says, H just came in. I have M-O and I here with me and H here. In other words, these are different people that I'm not going to name their names, but many of them were children. Okay, So the children that came out of this were also extremely traumatized. Okay, And I'm not going to say a whole lot more on that end. Just suffice it to say, me talking to their parents, yes, they were severely traumatized, as were the parents. Um, then she goes on to say, um, I'm not sure what's happening. Everyone's out there. This is the lady in Virginia. And then the lady in... Um, North Carolina says, I just talked to the state police. They're sending someone out. So the lady in North Carolina ended up having get, to get a hold of somebody in the state police to send someone out. Back to the lady in Virginia. The pastor and the property owner are arguing with D. That's abbreviation of a name. The man that came to get us, everyone is still trying to dig out the cars. Uh, response from the lady in North Carolina. State police are in Floyd, so it shouldn't be very long until they're there. The sheriff's office in Roanoke referred me to the state police. And then the lady in Virginia. She says, the confrontation with D is over. Pastor is talking to D.E., who's another person that was in there. It's calm, not heated with D.E. In other words, the, the, the confrontation wasn't heated with this other person. Um, and then she asked, what is, he trying to talk, what is he trying to talk him into? Response from the lady in Virginia. I don't know. Maybe staying? Um, we're almost done digging the cars out now. Um, and then she says, H left. Again, abbreviation of a name. Response, so where did she go to? Outside where the cars are? Um, then she responds from the lady in Virginia. S&M went to, I am here with I and O. I believe they were children she was with. Uh, and then she, the lady in North Carolina says, the property owner still won't move the tractor? And then the next thing they say, can you email this to Scott Johnson? Response from the lady in North Carolina, I need an address. She gives him my sermon audio address, uh, sermon audio website. And then she says, he has been told what is happening, he's emailing us. And then the lady in North Carolina, oh. And then she says, is that his address? And she says, yes, it was my website. Okay. And again, hopefully you can see here, you know, I was thrust into this thing. So it wasn't like I had some axe to grind or was planning on doing some kind of study to expose Ed Watson. This was just all put in my lap literally in one night. okay? And I'm not going to shirk my responsibility and walk away from this and act like this never happened. Because somebody has to stand up for these people and let... See, if more of this was done in the church, the church would be a totally different environment. Because this leaven that Ed says needs to be purged on all these... He needs to start with himself. It's unbelievable. And to be honest with you, one of the reasons I couldn't get a piece about going up there, and I didn't understand it at the time, in totality, was that I could not imagine myself going up to North Carolina and putting myself underneath Ed Watson. Even though I really didn't... I hadn't hadn't drawn total conclusions. I hadn't just... um, You know, I wasn't in this anti-Ed Watson mode. 
at all. I was really praying and fasting and, and wanting the truth to come out, but I couldn't, I couldn't get beyond that. I couldn't get beyond the, the fact of putting myself underneath him and as him as my pastor. Now, obviously, I know why, and hopefully you know why. Um, then this ends by saying, um, then the lady in North Carolina says, they kicked the, the bees off the property. In other words, the people that came there to get them were then kicked off the property. Response from the lady in North Carolina, do you mean, okay, then she's back to me, she says, do you mean email him, Scott Johnson, our conversation? And then she says, or retype it if you want. And I ended up getting it. Give him the details of what is happening. Um, I'll get it to him. And then she asked how, asked how to email it to me. Well, I ended up getting it. Okay, so anyway, that was the, that was the dialogue of, the, of really the teeth of what was going on up there. Let's go to another email I got. Um, now this is after this is a, they they escaped. Now here's here's one of the the men that was up there. He says, "Hey, brother Scott, everyone up at Ed Watson's cult compound made it out safely." Uh, again, I'm not going to give names, but B and I had to abandon everything we owned there. We hardly made it. The Lord tried us by fire today. We saw Satan today. I can't wait to talk to you, brother. I will call you as soon as I'm recovered. Praise the Lord, though it turned out to be a blessing. For DS and her family and B and I, and these are just—I'm abbreviating, just giving letters because I'm trying to hide their identity as much as possible. I know, I mean, I know Ed's going to be able to figure this out, but the fact is, I'm still trying to protect them. The testimony is amazing. I wish I could remember all of what happened. Thank you for your prayers, brother. I will pray for you that the Lord Jesus Christ would keep Taylor and you safe, your brother in Christ, M. And so, um, yeah, that was the email I got from him, and I was. Praising the Lord to hear that. I can tell you that right now. Um, let's see here. And I'm just making a note to myself here. And, okay, so here's, I mean, he says, the Lord tries by fire. We saw Satan today. Now, from what he told me, he has, um, this particular man spent a lot of time um, overseas in, uh, I don't know if it was Iraq or where, and he's almost died in battle on several occasions. Okay. He told me that what he went through up there was ten times worse. Because I just I talked to him again the other day. Ten times worse than what he ever experienced in battle where he almost died. That's what he told me. And this is why he says the Lord tried us by fire today. We saw Satan today. I mean, you know, hey, it's his words, not mine. Here's another email from another man. Um, says, Dear Mr. Johnson, I want to personally thank you for giving my son A, again, abbreviating, or, or not giving the name, A and his new wife B, guidance and counseling through the recent struggle in Virginia. I know he really had a profound respect for you, and I believe that you and your wisdom were able to defuse a very scary situation. Fortunately, he is blessed to know you and also the uh, B's family where he and B are again today. Once again, thank you so much, and God bless you. Here's what I sent to Ed when he finally, uh, after he had confronted me with this, he left um, some railing accusation phone things and emailed me. I said, Ed, in response to your accusatory phone and email messages with multiple eyewitness accounts, at, at this point at least 13 different adults, and that number's grown since then, not including the children you traumatized and counting, and no, these are not all those who feel they just escaped with their lives from the Virginia compound, so of of these multiple eyewitness accounts of your totally unbiblical, accusatory, rage-filled, controlling, demonic behavior, you have a lot of nerve blaming me or anyone else for that matter. In other words, he's come out with these two teachings since then, blaming me for everything. You know, He just goes from one person to the next to the next, whoever he can blame. Um, I did not seek these people out. And, and the one, no, then I said, this is something you could never explain away, Ed. I did not seek these people out. They came to me mostly out of desperation and for prayer. Now remember, like I said, I'm there on a Saturday night. I hadn't engaged in anything. I wasn't looking for a fight. I hadn't put out one bad thing about Ed Watson ever. And this was put in my lap. So then she's, I, I go, um, they came to me out of desperation and, prayer, and for prayer. You have really wounded and betrayed a lot of people. So I'm forced to ask myself this question, Ed. Are all these people suddenly just out to get you? 
and have banded together to intentionally lie about you, or are they telling the truth? Obviously, it is apparent the latter is the case. These people have saw you for who you are and were horrified, and I had nothing to do with their experiences with you, no matter how hard you try to blame me. I have heard enough about you in the last few days by different eyewitnesses to make me literally sick. Some relayed to me the feeling of darkness by just being in your presence, and that their experience with you in Virginia was the most demonic experience they had ever had in their whole lives. The, the one man that I was just talking about, and I'll, I'll go back to the letter in a second, he said that, he said, I don't, he said, I don't know when's the last time you've been around Ed, and I told him, I said it was a long time ago, or not, it was months and months and months ago. Um, and I, I saw him at um, Mike Slattery's Hurricane Preparedness Meeting. I don't know, 10 months ago, whatever. And he said, I don't know his last time you were around him. He says, but if you were around him now, if you were around him up in Virginia, he said, being in his presence, it was like this dark veil that was enveloping him and anyone that he was around. He said, I've never felt anything. And this is the man that said that, you know, it was ten times worse than anything he ever experienced on the battlefield in the Middle East, where he almost died on several occasions. And then I go on to say to Ed, the way you responded to Dr. Dixon was also totally biblical and way out of line. And once I got Pastor Adam's side of the story about the horrific week you spent with him and his family, as you had already told me your side of the story quite a while ago, I have proceeded with caution regarding you and partially reserved judgment until now. As I have prayed, if there were things that needed to be brought out about you, good or bad, they would be made known. Not for myself, but for the sakes of all the people you are hurting or who you are going to potentially hurt in the future. So it is very apparent from multiple eyewitnesses' accounts that you are a very treacherous, dangerous individual. I pray this before God Almighty yourself and the people that are receiving this email, because I sent this to all of his followers that had emailed me. Okay? Because I wanted them to understand where I was coming from. Okay? I, 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 carbon, I carbon copied them a copy of this to them and him. And not even to the rest of my listeners. Okay? I said, let the Lord Jesus Christ judge between you and myself and judge and rebuke severely the one who is an heir and who has behaved in an unbiblical way. And then I quoted Romans 16, verses, verse 17 and 18, where it says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them, which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrines you have learned. Okay? That verse. Then some other verses to think about regarding this situation. 2 Corinthians 2.11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Psalm 94.16, who will rise up for me, who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Put yourself in my shoes. If you're still questioning this, what was I supposed to do? Do nothing? Be a coward? Lay down? Not and not to defend these people? No. I am going to rise up against the evildoers, and I will stand up against the workers of iniquity. And, and I mean, you know, how much more convincing would one need to understand that Ed Watson falls into this category at this point? But we still got a little ways to go. Matthew 17, 15, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ed Watson always comes in sheep's clothing. He, he befriends you, and then he betrays you. Titus 1, 15b through 16, Unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and their conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him. I'm sorry, but I don't see a whole lot of fruit of the Spirit from this whole thing, debacle with Ed Watson, this whole dark pale of, of satanic you know, stuff that everybody went through. See, in works they deny Him. You can show someone your faith by your works. Works don't get you into heaven. But you're supposed to show people your faith by your works. And the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, goodness, faith, temperance. But there's a time when you mark them, which cause division and offenses. And you rebuke them sharply. And you point out the wolves in sheep's clothing so that they don't hurt other people. What's, it, what's more loving to do? Is it more loving to let, a, to let a wolf in and to devour a flock? And say, oh, we, we don't want to judge. Is that more loving? Or is it more loving to warn them, regardless of what the price you might have to pay? What is, what, I mean, come on, this is common sense here. So they profess they know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. Bible's saying it all for me. 
2 Corinthians 11, 13-15, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ, and no marvel, for Satan is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Here is one from a lady named Karen. This was posted regarding the teachings that Ed was putting up about me. Just listened to the horrid sermon by Ed Watson and then emailed him to let him know my disgust at his attack on you. He is indeed under attack, but it's coming from within him and not from others. He is a liar to say he has forgiven you and yet post that kind of trash on the internet. Keep up your good work, Watchman. We pray for you. Here's another one from Manny. He said, regarding Ed Watson is talking smack about you. This is what the title of it was. He said, this guy is twisted and lost, confused and not a man of God. One word, quote, drama regarding him. What, what is it? The spirit of confusion, the spirit of chaos, the spirit of accusation, all this drama. Ed orchestrated all this stuff that, that, that happened up there in this three to four day period. It was pure chaos. It was crazy. But that's what people like him do. I remember my ex-wife, I mean, she could literally come and everything could be fine regarding everyone. She could come to one of our family gatherings and, I mean, you could not believe how much chaos somebody like her or other people could bring to the table. And it's literally the spirits they bring with them. And that's what we have to understand. It's the spirits that operate through them. It's not the human being. I mean, we, do, we need to be praying for Ed Watson. We really do. And his followers. And I mean that. I don't want to see Ed Watson go to hell. Okay? I have no desire to see Ed Watson burning in hell. But I'm telling you, if, if I am to judge righteous judgment, if I am to judge those that are within, as 1 Corinthians, verse, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5 tells me to do, I'm looking at some really rotten fruit here. Okay? And, uh, you know, his salvation status is between him and God. But yes, we should be praying for him, but we should also be praying that these wolves in sheep's clothing be exposed so that they don't hurt other people. Because that is ultimately the merciful, godly thing that we should be doing. And then he, this man goes on to say, Don't worry, Brother Scott, I've always known this dude is a liar. In the sermon below, he spits scripture, calls you a fool, pretty much, and makes no sense whatsoever. That he says, sad, I can't listen to the whole thing. All he does is talk in riddles and uses scriptures out of context. Lord have mercy, God help them who are sitting under him. Shame. Then he says, love you, brother. Uh, love the recent sermons, keep up the good work. Yeah, I love you too, Manny. Um, then this is one from Chris H., he says, hey, Scott, just wanted to say I was surprised when I heard Pastor Ed's sermon where he attacked you and what you're doing with your ministry. First, I still don't understand fully what Pastor Ed accused you of even after listening to his entire sermon. But I do know he said some things about you which were not right in my opinion, such that you should not be able to be on sermon audio because you're not a pastor. Regardless of that rhetoric, and again, I've got into the whole thing that I've never claimed to be a pastor but a watchman. Okay? Um... And I don't act in a pastoral... If, if I get issues that are of a, of a pastoral nature, I do my best to actually refer those people to a pastor. Acting as like a liaison. And who I refer to now as a pastor is Pastor Sam Adams, who now is up on Sermon Audio, and I gave you his website. So for pastoral issues, that's somebody you could go directly to. Because, you know, that's just a biblical order in the way it should be. So anyway, let's go further. Um... Uh, let's see, he says, regardless of that rhetoric, you've been a blessing to me and have helped me to understand many important things, whether they may be current events or how we should act according to the word of God. I've been a Christian for less than a year, and you've had a big impact on me. Take care, and God bless you and your daughter in my prayers. Uh, sincerely, Chris H. And then he goes on to say, Pat, P.S., Pastor Ed said that you know nothing about psychology and counseling because you don't have a degree like he does. <laughs> Psychology, the, the psychology, um, just so you know, which is so totally, unbelievably secular, psychiatry, psychology, psychiatry particularly also be where they prescribe drugs. Do you know who has the highest suicide rate of any profession in the medical profession? Psychiatrists. Which, you know, not too far off from, from psychologists. You're using secular modes to tap into someone's mind. People, they've embraced uh, ideologies and theologies from people like Sigmund Freud and, and uh, these wicked, reprobate people. And they're using that in order to try to provide counseling to somebody regarding things that are of, of, of typically a spiritual matter. So, I thought that that was kind of funny. 
And then he says, but if you have the Holy Spirit operating in you and the Word of God by your side, I believe you should be able to counsel and help others with better success than anybody with a degree or special training. And again, you know, he says this degree that he's got, he says, I've, it's an oxymoron and I repented of it. But yet, then he uses it and saying, I'm not qualified because I don't have it. Well, make up your mind. Then he says, I believe you should be able to counsel and help others with better success than anybody. Uh, I know you're extremely busy putting together your teachings, research, responding to emails. I do not hold anything against you for not wanting to give out your phone number. Pastor Ed should understand that and realize that his role is different from your role. Amen. Body of Christ type of thing. Except I don't, I don't include him in the whole body of Christ thing, I think for obvious reasons now. Just because you don't give out your number doesn't mean you're not wanting to bear one another's burdens. You are already doing that with your emails and your weekly teachings where you answer your listeners' questions. So keep up the good work. Uh, here's another one. Uh, my response, I, uh, when, this was Ed's last teaching he put out, and it was, it was entitled, Sayonara Sermon Audio and Thank You, from Ed Watson. And I said, in the thing, I said, Ed truly believes he is the victim here. And obviously bears none of the blame for anything. Okay? And that's the whole problem. Ed doesn't think he's done one thing wrong. And hopefully, if we haven't convinced you that Ed is absolutely 100% totally in the wrong, then I don't know what more can be said. This man goes on to say, Yeah, it's unbelievable. We can't begin to understand the kind of wickedness it would take to really believe as he does. Now, this is one of the people that was up in Virginia that live there, okay, for a short time. As horrible as everything has been with this guy, it's almost comical as to how far out in left field that he is. How, how are those around him and those hearing him on the internet don't see through his stuff is equally astonishing. His comments and sermon overviews stink of a vendetta and sarcasm. Sorry for all you've had to deal with, Brother Scott. We appreciate everything you're doing and we'll stand by you. Let us know if there's anything that you need. Okay, and that's it. That's the that's the two-part study. I'm glad I was able to get it in in two parts. And uh, as I've said before, let the Lord Jesus Christ judge between Ed Watson and myself. I say that before God, before all my listeners, and anyone hearing this particular teaching. Not because I think that I'm so wonderful and so perfect, but because I really believe in this particular matter. I am on the cause of righteousness. In the name of Jesus Christ, let the Lord be the judge. And uh, that's how we're going to go ahead and end it. May the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you. Amen.